Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am not the Reverend Enfuego. I'm actually Vicky Barcelona. The Reverend, the Reverend Enfuego is on assignment. But oddly, who is here? BJ Shea, the show's namesake. I don't understand how this thing happens. It must be a disturbance in the time space. Yes, yeah, a glitch in the Matrix, perhaps? That's what it is. Uh, and the person to fix all our glitches in Matrix problems, Joey D. Hello. I'm too afraid to ask what BJ did to Rev, so. Yeah, Let's go on, move on. Like yeah, that's a good move idea. Move on and don't look at that <laughs> bolt up carpet. Uh, well, how can you get a hold of us? You're probably wondering. Hey, how can you get a hold of us? I'm wondering. Uh, get a hold of us via our website, bjgignation.com. Oh, it's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. More. Or just search BJ Shays Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. app, app, app. Odyssey. And today we're going to be hearing from Gareth Von Kallenbach. We're going to hear a little oh. bit of Westworld info. Oh, here we are. And oh. some other big news that has come out, good and bad. Oh. Uh, so, you know, before we get into today's shenanigans, I want to hear from Gareth. Von Kallenbach! Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed in Review. That is SKNR.net. And Gareth... San Diego Comic-Con happened. You were down there checking it all out, and there was a lot of stuff that went down. And let's start off with Star Trek, because there was some news. Absolutely. So uh, a lot of stuff popped up. They had displays on the side of hotels. They had the Wrath of P-Con, ice cream truck going around, <laughs> uh, not only Comic-Con, but some local cities beforehand. And uh, what was very interesting about it was you had the big Hall H panel, and we got the Picard Season 3 teaser, got a look at the characters, uh, the returning favorites from the next gen, as they're going to look on this. We got a trailer for uh, Season 3 of Lower Decks, and uh, we got some news, a uh, little bit about, you know, Season 2 of Strange New World. And one of the interesting things is apparently there is going to be a crossover between Lower Decks and Strange New World that will be done animated and live action so is it something like it'll be animated for the show and then live action for the other show or are they literally going to do like who framed roger rabbit style roger rabbit style is oh. what i got because what i saw was uh anson mount as captain pike with the animated crew around him so Damn. i thought this could be really good and you know we we saw little things like uh commander seven of nine in a oh. starfleet uniform and it like that looks interesting Hell yeah! and uh you know a lot of interesting things like that there were some other uh side related things to some of the other star trek projects past present video games um you know other media that were done in different panels and then the really interesting thing and we of course got no details on it was that there are two more series as yet announced in the works Oh, so they're they're really going all in on this, aren't they? Absolutely. And, you know, people thought, oh, well, it'll be the Michelle Yeoh series. It might be this one. And now they're coming out and saying, uh, no, these are two entirely unrelated, haven't been mentioned yet uh, series. So um, th th there was also a tiny bit of controversy in uh, the world of Star Trek. Uh-oh. Uh, apparently, William Shatner uh, had made, now I, I want to be clear, I did not hear this, I was only reading what I heard, 
after the fact, but apparently he had commented that essentially he knew Jane Roddenberry very well from the original series, the movies, and that he would be spinning in his grave over the current uh, Star Trek shows. Oh, you really think so? Yeah, and that was interesting, oh, considering man. that Roddenberry's son produ- helps produce them. And, uh, you know, like one of the cast members of Strange New World, Ensign Ortega, had basically, apparently the other day, came out and said, do you even watch the shows? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I mean, that was, he, he also took a shot at Star Wars as well. So it was kind of like, okay, I guess Bill's, uh, Bill's venting today. Yeah, I mean, but, maybe you know yeah. he speaks his mind. That, Give him that truth. I mean, that is the one thing he, no matter what, always does. So, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. And if you like the series, you don't really necessarily need to worry about what Shatner says anyway. I mean, you can you can take what he says and you can be like, okay, I understand that that's how he feels about it. But also, like you said, if he doesn't really follow this stuff, then what does it matter? Like, if you like what you like, whatever. Exactly, and I I always looked at it as saying, look. Is my understanding, there was always a rivalry. Every one of them thinks their show was the best. And yeah. we heard all the stories about him and Patrick Stewart, you know, and he was like, I'm the captain. And, and the funny thing was, apparently, they bonded on a flight to a convention together. Uh, and their shared love of horses was a huge uh, bridge. And uh, apparently, they became very good friends. But, you know, there's always that, I'm the captain. I'm the captain of Star Trek, not these others. And I, I can get it. Yeah, we'll have to see what the backlash is about it and maybe talk about it in the future, but uh, we'll see how that all works out. Now, going and staying in space, maybe not the final frontier, but definitely going out and exploring, we have the other side of that now, which is uh, the Orville, and uh, they've got some new information, too. Absolutely. Now, this was really, really interesting. So we started off with the cast and crew interviews of the people that were there and the producers. And naturally, everybody wanted to hear, uh, you know, what's next? Is there going to be a movie? Is there going to be a TV series? Nothing about that. We, you know, got some vague, uh, you know, hints possibly. And then the panel happened. And that is where it got very interesting. Seth MacFarlane was not there. He joined remotely because he said he's he's um, on deadline finishing up stuff for the TED series that he's doing for Peacock. And um, so they they open up with clips from the final two episodes from the season, which looks epic. There's something pretty impressive coming and some incredibly detailed battle scenes. And, you know, naturally, that was kind of the big thing. They're in Ballroom 20. They had over 5,000 people packed, very enthusiastic. And I said to someone, if there was any doubt uh, about the future of the show, that sent a very loud message right there to the network that, yeah, this has got a following. And not not that they're not aware of it, because we've been hearing the it has it has done well on Hulu. But the question was raised, you know, new episodes, new episodes, what's going to happen? And Seth himself said, basically, here's the thing. Traditionally with streamers, you don't find out until the season ends. We have two new, we have two more episodes to go. Um, you know, one after <laughs> after this week. <laughs> and um, after that, you know, and he had mentioned that he wrote a novella for a script for that they were hoping to do, but it was a very complicated thing, very different, and that if they filmed it, they would have to go to Prague, they'd have to go to Canada. So he released it as a novella because he said, I, you know, I did want to get the story out. But then he said, doesn't mean we can't necessarily revisit it and film it in the future. 
And he said, you know, essentially, like he said a few weeks ago, it's, it, we're, it's up to the studio. We all want to do it. And then they said, oh, and by the way, uh, seasons one through three will be appearing on Disney Plus in a couple uh, on August 10th. And this has Whoa. really got people talking because there are some saying that's it. They're done. They're just putting it on to their other platform to, um, you know, maximize visibility. And people are like, no, 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 that, that's not how they work. They wouldn't be doing that. They're doing this because they think they've got something very big with a very bright future, and they're keeping it on Hulu, but they're also moving it to their big eyeballs mainstream platform to say, let's get even more people watching it. Let's get an even bigger push behind it. Uh, and then we've got a franchise going forward. So that's yeah. that's where they are now. I mean, they all want to do more. Uh, obviously, people who watch the show want to do more, and it's just a matter of... Let's see what happens. That'll be really exciting for everyone who's uh, really uh, invested in the Orville. I love the fact that I had heard that maybe that, you know, we because you, you like you just said, we know that uh, Disney Plus had, you know, owns at least a large, a pretty large stake in Hulu. So it makes sense for that. But then, yeah, just realizing, no, there's no reason for them to do it unless they've got big ideas. That's super exciting. I love that. Now, moving on from that into a different streaming service, Amazon Prime's got their Lord of the Rings prequel. Uh, was it just uh, them talking about that at San Diego Comic-Con or was there more? No, they, they actually surprised a lot of people. It was, uh, I had a couple hours to waste and I was on my way to, uh, where they do the interviews to hang out in the, um, panel room there. And, uh, turned out I ended up getting into hall H without having to stand in any oh. lines and such. Wow. And I wasn't even sure what was starting off the day. And uh, so we, we heard, oh, uh, they're going to be uh, Lord of the Rings is opening up. Huh? Okay. And the uh, lights dim and we get the sizzle reel, which, you know, uh, got everyone going. And they, uh, after the, you know, obligatory welcome back to Comic-Con and missed you and all that. And they go, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Barry McCready. And we're like, oh, the composer's coming out. That's interesting. Full orchestra on the stage oh. immediately started tearing into the music for the series. And everybody was already amped up beyond belief at that point. Because, I mean, come on, how, how many times do you go to a comic <laughs> convention and there's the full orchestra right there yeah. playing the music that people hadn't even heard before? And then they go, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Stephen Colbert, place went absolutely what? bonkers. And he came out, talked about how he's a lifelong Lord of the Rings fan, talked a lot about how it influenced him. They brought the cast, uh, well, the creatives out first and then the cast. And one of the things they did was they had these screens all over the lobby. Some of the screens uh, on the side, these curtains pulled back and you got a panoramic uh, sizzle reel. And then they dropped the brand new trailer with the volume to the point where it was shaking the hall and it was in the chair. And uh, once that Balrog came in at the end of the trailer, I thought the roof was going to go off the place. That's the one thing about all of this that's super exciting. I mean, you can watch the trailer and whatever they show, you know, in your in your home, maybe on your desktop, most of the time on, you know, on your phone, and you're not going to get what you get when you're in a gigantic like usually massive auditorium with that music blasting with it all just there and the whole crowd just losing their mind. There's a whole other like level of excitement when you get to that point. And it just had to just be amazing. 
Absolutely. And that's the thing I tell people. There's all these things that are unexpected that happen, even in the smaller panels. There's always a twist. There's always something you don't expect, whether it's them dropping the full episode, whether it's dropping major news. And that's what people go. They they know that there is going to be something. There are panels, there are guests that pop out that you don't even think are going to be there that aren't even on the schedule. And they just completely, you know, constantly exceed expectations and you heard some people saying oh you know it's not going to be like it was in the past and <laughs> so and so and so and so aren't there and so and so and it, and then it's like and then you see what was there i i guarantee you i at no time felt that it was a diminished or lacking show it was again there is so much stuff yeah, you know, how do I decide what I'm going to cover and what I'm going to do? Because I'm, you know, often in interviews all the time that I have to pick my panels when I can get them. Uh, but even with the people out helping and doing the activations, it was just incredible. It was like one thing after another, after another, and just, uh, just amazing. And I know that uh, in a little bit of a later episode, I'm going to be getting into the deeper, uh, deeper uh, phase uh setup of what's going down with marvel but it doesn't mean that there weren't other massive comic book companies that, may, that are a, a making movies out there and dc is one of them and i know for sure that they showed off black adam because that's just been all over the place but that's not their only fair no and see that was a big thing too people were saying oh boy warner brothers isn't going to be here and you know all right. well all right, all right they're going to do this but warner brothers this and that and, you know, give Dwayne Johnson credit. That was an entrance. He came lowered from the ceiling <laughs> right? in his full costume with all the effects. And that was really good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we we got a little bit of the next Shazam film. And, uh, you know, I, I know there was a nice prop of Black Manta's helmet on the thing. And, you know, and, and the thing is when people say DC isn't going to be there, Warner Brothers is going to be there. That was a lot of nonsense. I had Warner Brother interviews all weekend long but it was pertaining to video games dvds mm. some of their other projects when they said warner brothers it was well maybe some of their non um you know comic related properties and the whole thing was they didn't have the costumes on the floor like they've had in the past but i guarantee you i had a very busy weekend with lots of Warner Brother. Well, <laughs> weekend weekend with Warner. I, I mean, I, th I think just off the top of my head, there was at least uh, five meetings with Warner Brothers related properties, and that doesn't even count the panels, the merchandise, and all the other stuff, uh, the TV shows they're involved with that are on other platforms. So yeah, they they had a really good presence, and that you know that was that was well uh, received, and I think people were really happy to see it. And I mean, come on. I mean, at this point in time, you got to understand that there are different things going on. There's a whole bunch of different conventions. And the news is so fast now that we know so much about stuff. It's hard to really, like, surprise people. And so if you don't have a whole lot to show, you're not really going to want to show off. I mean, like, with everything. So having a little bit there, it wets your whistle. It gets you excited for it. And it'll, 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 we'll have to see how those movies are going to do, but all the different properties they have are still nothing to sneeze at. There's a lot going on there. And I mean, come on, even with Comic-Con, a lot has to do with the comic books themselves. And I know that when media, like the movies and stuff, take a lot of precedence on that. 
but you got to still pay attention to DC for all their other stuff and Warner Brothers for all their other stuff. So excellent. Love all of that. Gareth, I know we're going to get some more stuff, but if people want to find all of your reports, they can go to Skewed and Reviewed. You can find that at SKNR.net or also just search for Skewed and Reviewed on ye old Googles or however which way you want to do on the uh, social media, and you can find all those. Thanks so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Thank you so much, Gareth. And now a show that I've been meaning to watch, but everyone's been kind of the last few seasons eh about it. So I'm not really in a huge rush to watch it, but BJ has. You, so you've you've never watched Westworld at all? No, this this whole season. Oh! Because I, I liked previous seasons, but then everyone's like, meh. And we had that big, when that came out, it, all the shows came out like Miss Marvel. And I just put that on the back burner. But what do you think of it? Here's the thing. Uh, and my son's sitting right next to me. And, and Rev also is somebody that really just didn't like season three that much. Uh, it is really tough to recreate the magic of Westworld. I get it. You know, the first season, you're like, wow, it's a whole new thing. Robot park, really cool. But then where do you go after season two? Here's another robot park and the robots are revolting. And then what happens? I mean, eventually the robots have to then fight humans. The only way to get that done is you got to go to Humantown, USA. And that's where people were like, I, I just don't like what they're doing with this robots finally get into Humantown, USA. Season four is basically okay. The robots pretty much are in a position to do some damage. That's the end of season three. Season four, we see the damage that the robots have done. Oh, yeah, it's a seven a seven year time jump, and that's right at the beginning of. So I'm not spoiling a lot if you haven't seen the first episode, but like Westworld does, you think you know what's going on, and you don't. And like Westworld did in season one, the people in power are abusing the people who aren't in power and they have ultimate control over all the people who aren't in power. So it's that vibe that made it so good in season one. And I won't tell you what's happening. People have asked me, is Dolores in season four? And my answer is yes and no. <laughs> and I think I, I think I read an article that had the title explain what that was. So I, I think I kind of know. I yeah. won't say it though. That was the thing. That's where like, the show jumped the shark for me is when they're like, Dolores is in two bodies now, and I was like, okay, we're we we're. Uh. <laughs> I will tell you though, again, and, and and Joey D's and I have had a conversation about this. You know what, Vicky? Maybe on Wednesday we should have a deeper conversation about the fact that emotions are playing a big part in science fiction. Okay. And the idea that Dolores is in two different bodies and the Christian Hale Dolores had a much different experience than the Dolores Dolores had Mm -hmm. in this revolution. And in season four, you really do get to see the effects of that. And then, of course, you've got Maeve, who isn't Dolores, but she had her own experience with this revolution. And because she had her own experience, you've got three different powerful robotties who are wanting to change how life is for them as well as for humans, but they all have different ideas, including Dolores 1 and Dolores 2, if you will. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I feel like in a lot of the seasons, I I think a little bit even in the last one, you kind of have this... Who is really a robot? Who's not? Yes. Is there still more of that? There is that. Okay. Uh, I will tell you that you get you do get that mind-blowing scene where you go, 
When is it? Why is it? Who is it? What is it? Uh, Bernard is, of course, still amazing. Uh, Jesse, Jesse Pinkman is still in it. <laughs> Any Marshawn Lynch. That's what I want. Uh, I don't care about Jesse Pinkman. I haven't seen Marshawn so far. Okay. And uh, I'm on. I, I, and the last episode I watched was episode five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it's. I, I really like it. I oh. like it so far better than I liked season three. And I didn't hate season three, but I could understand why people were like, right. oh. But it's really hard. Westworld was a movie. Yeah. And the fact that they were able to stretch it into two, I think, really good seasons was really an accomplishment because, you know, we get it. The movie is the movie, but they were able to figure out how to make it into a series. Mm-hmm. I give them a lot of credit. I think they've got their mojo back for season four. But, uh, you know, I are people j- burnt out on it. Joey D's and Rev will be. It's just like The Walking Dead. It was hard to bring back people to say, look, The Walking Dead, the new Walking Dead the last couple of years has been really good. People go, no, I'm, I'm done. Even yeah. though it's like, yeah, but no, it's it's kind of like reminds me of when it first started. The it's sometimes hard to get people back, and that may be the case with uh, Westworld. It might be tough to get it back. Now, you, Vic, I think you may like season okay. four. So, because I, mean, I didn't hate season three like everyone else. Oh, did. then I think you're going to yeah. love season four. Was it the weakest of all the seasons at that point for me? Yes, but I still, yeah, like, but I still have fun. If you didn't hate it, then I yes. think you're going to be really excited about what season four is bringing in Westworld. It's on HBO, by the mm-hmm. way. And speaking about new seasons of shows, guess what dropped yesterday? What? Season three of Harley Quinn. Whoa. You know what? I knew it was coming, and I owe everything to you because I was like, I don't want to watch this show. I don't want to watch this show. It's an animated show. I know. (laughs) It's it's mean, and animated shows are hit or miss. And But it is such a brilliant show, and it grows on you. And Because at first I thought, I don't know, Kaylee Cuoco, am I going to buy this? You know you totally buy it. You really do. She is a wonderful Harley Quinn. And it's great that she doesn't do the Harley Quinn accent the entire time. Was it Jersey accent? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's like, New York, hey, how you doing? Hey, you know. It's like, oh, you'd had him for me. Yeah, That's like the one, like, it'll come out every now and then for her. Yeah, the boopsie-boo New York accent. Yeah. Uh, But I'm reading a bunch of articles. Like, the Daily Beast says this is the perfect cure. This season is the perfect cure for superhero fatigue. Uh, There's so many characters that, like Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, they're both phenomenal. But like Bane steals this show. You got yeah. King Shark. Oh, yeah. and then uh, and that's Ron Funches. Lake yes. Bell plays uh, Poison Ivy, and yes. she's terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron Funches is as great as King Shark. And then Alan Tudyk does uh, oh. both the Joker and. Uh, um, not Sandman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Clayface. Clay, Clayface. Clayface. Yeah, Alan Tudyk is a treasure. Oh, yeah. He's just great in everything he does. So if you haven't seen it, it's on HBO Max. It's awesome. I mean, you have plenty of time to catch up because this is a weekly. Like, it's not like yeah. oh, they're not putting them all out at once. It's it, a it, weekly thing. Yeah, it, it really is. It's, it's a very well done animated show. And, you know, it's again, I've said when it comes to TV series, boy, DC's kicking butt. Mm-hmm. They, they have some good series out there. Uh, now, before we get into the geek sheet, I do want to kind of give you the the stage a little bit, give you the mic. Uh, there's been really sad news in the world of Doctor Who fans oh, yeah. um, regarding Bernard Cribbins. And now I didn't really know who this was by name, but I, it's funny what certain things can do to reach out a bigger audience or a different audience. I recognized him from like the crying, sobbing gif. I feel like I've seen seen the gif i've seen the meme everywhere and i'm like oh that was such a powerful gif that i mean you could use it for comedy but i've seen it used for like actual sad reactions i'm happy because he's yeah. going to live on uh and this and the and i you it's the first time i've seen that gif it's really funny where you know you definitely are the meme queen mm-hmm. and so you see so much of this more than i do when you showed me that gif i exactly knew what it was from and it was from the last episode david Tennant's last episode he's crying and then he'll also give a salute because 
because he knows that David Tennant's about to regenerate and he's sort of David Tennant's like taking a tour of all the people he knows mm-hmm. before he basically has to leave his body. And he had to leave his body because uh, Wilfred Mott, the character that Bernard played, mm-hmm. was he saved his life. And because he saved Wilfred's life, David Tennant ended up having to die, David mm-hmm. Tennant's doctor. So that's why Wilfred's giving him the salute. Uh, and it's a very touching scene. Wilford has this really cool history with Doctor Who. He's a he was an old guy during David Tennant's run, mm-hmm. but he played a p- companion of Peter Cushing in what? the 1960s Doctor Who movie, which uh, Peter Cushing remembers Grand Moff Tarkin from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. When they did a Doctor Who movie because the TV show was popular, they of course they well they couldn't use the actor uh, who you know William Harnett because uh, you know they didn't know him so much like that. Well, we're doing a movie, we're gonna get a big star, and so Peter Cushing had a better name. I think the movie was horrible, though Bernard Cribbins was he was a very good comedic element to that. Uh, And so that was in the 60s. And I loved when they brought him back for David Tennant's run as uh, Donna. And uh, and that's uh, Catherine Tate's character, Donna, in uh, Doctor Who's run, David Tennant's run. And he's her grandfather. And wow. he's and he's really such a great character and lots of fun scenes between him and David Tennant's doctor. But you think, wow, the dude was like but in Doctor Who in the 60s. As a comedic kind of Yeah, and role. here he is, semi-comedic, but also some really good heart uh, in, in, in like, you know, the, uh, you know, the 2000s mm-hmm. Doctor Who. So much love to him and his yeah. family. 93 years old, he passed away. Wow. Uh, great, and he did a lot of great British acting as well, stuff that we don't know. Great, great guy. Right, guess... Uh, it's time to move on, and it's time for... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what are we talking about? Well, thanks, Vicky. Hey, hey, wait a second. Sorry, I had to be silly for a minute. All right. Uh, it is Friday. That means movies. Yes. Movies. Uh, big one coming out this weekend, at least when it comes to star power, has to be DC League of Super Pets. Yeah, this one all of a sudden just showed up. I wasn't on my radar at all. Really? Yeah, and all of a sudden I started seeing ads for it, and like I did not know this was going to be a thing. I, I've heard for a while, and then the ads recently came out, I feel, uh, but it did come out. Uh, it's coming out this week, or came out this week, I should say. I love the cast, because you do have the dynamic duo, Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart, as yeah. Ace and Crypto. Okay, then. Uh, yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, seriously, you got Kate McMinnon, uh, John Krasinski... Uh, Vanessa Breyer, Natasha Leone, Diego Luna, we remember him from Rogue One. Yeah. Mark Marin is Lex Luthor. What? Yeah. Ben wow. Schwartz, Keanu Reeves is Batman. Um, Jermaine Clement, <laughs> he's oh, Aquaman. Oh, that's Jermaine. That's awesome. Uh, Jamila, uh, Jamila Jamil is Wonder Woman. Olivia Wilde is Lois Lane. Like, seriously, this, this movie looks ridiculous. Like, it's going to be fun. It's going to be for kids. So I'm not expecting it to be, like, huge, huge, 100% or anything. But as at right now, or of the moment of recording, 76% on Rotten Tomatoes with only 46 reviews. Uh, uh, 76 is decent. It's pretty decent. I do expect it to go up, but we shall see. Especially with how much they've been pimping out. Like, all the interviews The Rock's been doing and all that fun stuff. So... We shall see. It's not a superhero movie. It's a pet movie, though? It's about the super pets. Oh. And they're, on, they're going on their own adventure. Yeah, and I don't know how many of them have been created for this movie, but apparently Batman did have a dog back in the 50s. We mm-hmm. all know about Crypto uh, mm-hmm. from the world of Superboy, Superman. 
Uh, the rest of them I've never heard of, but I'm not a, a huge DC guy, so maybe Wonder Woman had a pig and I didn't know about yep, it. The Wonder pop, Pig. Pop belly pig. Uh, I do love that Natasha Leone is playing Merton, which is a turtle, and that is the Flash's. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know that's the, Flash's pet. Maybe the Flash did have a, a, a pet turtle that was super fast. Oh, I, uh, if he didn't, you know what I think they got this from? Did you guys ever watch the movie Daddy Daycare? Uh, no. no. But, so Eddie Murphy, back like in the early 2000s, made a movie uh, with uh, Jeff Garland, I think was his name. Oh, Jeff Garland from the, uh, the Goldbergs? Yes, yes. Okay. They did a movie where they got fired and they needed child care. The moms went back to work and they decided to start a daycare out of the house. All right. And one of the kids refused to take off his Flash costume, which I think that kid is actually one of the Sprouse brothers, if I remember correctly, when he was a baby, basically. But he refused. He was always the Flash. And he had a giant turtle. And that oh, was his pet. So oh. if the Flash didn't have a giant turtle, I'm wondering if that was like a nod to the kid playing the Flash with his giant turtle you know in what? Daddy Daycare. Uh, it's very, very possible. It is so, also ironic that the Flash would have a turtle. That's right. true. That's also very possible. <laughs> but I do love that it's Natasha Leone play, uh, doing the voice. Uh, another one that's coming out this weekend is called Resurrection. Uh, are you guys a fan of Rebecca Hall or know much about her? No. Like, nope. she, I, she's one of those faces like you're like, oh, I've seen you and stuff. What were you in? And Tim Roth is also in this. Okay. Uh, it is uh, just give you the little tidbit of what the movie is. Margaret's life is in order. She is capable, disciplined, and successful, and everything is under control. That is, until David returns, carrying with him the horrors of Margaret's past. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Obviously, thriller, suspense, mystery, what's going on? What's happening? Uh, if that's your jam, definitely go for it. Not really my jam, but... Eh. She, she, I think she, you don't like the scary things. Nope. She was also in The Prestige and The Town and a movie that I own and never have seen, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> which is really how you got your name. Yes, actually. Yeah. And she was Vicky, which cracks uh, me up. Oh, so she was actually Vicky Barcelona. She was Vicky, yeah, because there was a Vicky, and then Scarlett Johansson played uh, Christina, and they were in Barcelona. Ah, uh, that's what that's about? Yeah, like they start hooking up with this guy who's married to Penelope Cruz, which is actually Javier Bardem, I think. Oh. And they actually are married. That's a, so I always thought it was one person, but it's just Vicky and, and Christina, Christina. Vicky, yeah. In Bar Barcelona, but they just go Vicky, Christina, Barcelona. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's been, what, 12, 13 years at this point? I had no idea the nickname I was giving you. Uh, we do got a comedy, mystery, thriller, drama, horror. Oh. And this is actually directed by B.J. Novak, uh, produced by Jason Blum. Uh, B.J. Novak is also in this, as well as Ashton Kutcher. It's a vengeance. It's called Vengeance, and it's the directorial debut from writer and star B.J. Novak, you know, obviously from The Office. Yep. And it's a darkly comic thriller about Ben Manilowitz. Lowitz. A journalist and podcaster travels from New York City to West Texas to investigate the death of a girl he was hooking up with. Murder podcast. Murder podcast. And then it's supposed to be a comedy, though? It's supposed to be kind of humorous, too. And horror, apparently. So I'm that's... guessing there's some like blood Oh my! at that point. Huh. I am curious about that. I don't know if I'm going to see it, because, again, you say horror, I'm a little standoffish. I always think there's a little supernatural feeling to horror movies, but maybe mm -hmm. that's not completely the case. I mean, you have movies like uh, Hostel is technically a horror movie. Okay. That's not really have any supernatural things in it. I stand corrected. There you go. Uh, another one. This is actually a movie out of Brazil, so the original language is Portuguese. It came out last year, but it looks like it's getting a resurgence, or it might be getting a limited release here in the States. But it looks kind of interesting. It's called Medusa, and it's got 81% on the tomato meter at Certified Fresh. 
It's about, in order to resist temptation, Mariana and her girlfriends try their best to control everything and everyone around them. However, the day will come when the urge to scream will be stronger than it ever has been. And you have a picture of all the girls and they're all wearing like really like white, not scream masks, but just kind of mannequin looking faces. It's real creepy looking. Wow. Oh, yeah. That looks very creepy. Horror and thriller. That's up your alley. Huh. Do it. And Medusa turned everybody to stone. I mean, that's mm. the, the that's the the you know the myth. So I wonder what this means as they're wearing those masks. Right. What uh one more, and then I do want to give a shout out to another movie. Uh this is called Hypochondriac. Okay. And it's about a young potter whose life devolves. Hello, Ari, you're not, a wizard. Not that kind of oh, potter. Oh, damn it. Uh, whose life devolves into chaos as he loses function of his body while being haunted by the physical manifestation of his childhood trauma. Uh, we also Whoa. have uh, Madeline Zima, who's in this. She was also oh. in Heroes and back in the day in Na- The Nanny, yep. one of my favorite uh, TV series. Yeah, Paget Brewster as well. Wow. So the right. physical manifestation of his childhood trauma. I feel like it's going to be one of those thinker movies, and then it all kind of gets revealed at the end. But you say it's a, it's a, you say it's a like a horror movie. It or says a... horror, mystery, thriller, and LGBTQ plus. Yeah, that's so. It makes me wonder if the horror aspect is is like some supernatural thing will manifest his child. Wow, that's right. Yeah, okay. I that's, mean, I mean, that's interesting. Well, how yeah. be how much of a beating would that be when you think about like the worst part of your childhood, and then there there it is right there in front of you. Oh <laughs> man, you think okay, look, I brought outgrown yeah. that. Things are cool. I'll show you the poster. The poster is creepy. Oh! If that is the physical manifestation of it, it's like these weird picture, like the... No, that is... Yeah, yeah, Donnie Darko's, the the bunny mask, but make it wolf. Yeah, they're very wolf with these glowy eyes, but that's... big uh, old teeth. And the rest of their bodies are just normal human bodies. Right, so mother and father, trauma. That is not good. This guy's got issues that are going to be addressed, apparently. This is one of those movies like, I want to see it, but I really don't. It's creepy. Uh, and the shout out I wanted to give is the movie Nope. We didn't get a chance to talk about it last week. But oh, right. Yeah, that's a that's a sci-fi. Yes, this is the Jordan Peele movie that he directed and produced. This has 81% tomato meter, 70% with the audience score. I've been hearing everybody who has seen it just loving it and just giving it tons of love. Uh, all-star cast. I probably won't see it because scary. But it's two siblings who run a California horse ranch discover something wonderful and sinister in the skies above. And the owner of the adjacent theme park tries to profit off uh, from the mysterious otherworldly phenomenon. Oh. And Jordan, like he's basically shown us that he is one of the greatest horror movie minds of all time. And the dude from Get Out's back in it, I believe. Yes. Uh, Daniel, I can't say his last name, Kaluuya, I believe. But he was also in in, uh, Black Panther. Yeah, you're you're asking the wrong guy on that one. And who did Daniel play in Black Panther? Do, it was he. He was one of like the best buddies. Remember, oh, he was was, uh, he, was he the was he the uh, the boyfriend of uh, uh, Danielle Guerrero? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's okay. like, would you kill me, my love, for I totally Wakanda? Really, yeah. I did not realize that was him. Mm-hmm. Wow, he's a phenomenal actor. That that is, I mean, I, I, all this time he was the same dude, and it, only because you said something, I thought Black Panther. There's who the heck was he? And then I went, oh, I, then all of a sudden I recognize his face. Yep. He was Dang. also in uh, Sicaro and Judas and the Black Messiah. I did not see any of those. Oh, guess what? He is also British. I had no idea he was British. You know what? All of the actors of all of the things seem to be all of the Brits. Especially the good ones. <laughs> the best ones. Uh, but let us know if you do see any of these movies. Did you already see Nope? What did you think of it? And especially if you've seen uh, Jordan Peele's other movies. Did you like those as well? And until next time, stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.